rolling. What's happening, y'all? Zach and Andy back again at Zahn's Brewing. It's Labor Day 2021. Yeah. We've made it. Were we not supposed to? We've made it to the end of the summer. <laughs> we still have like 30 more days of heat. Today's wasn't too bad. No, this weekend was great, actually. It was very nice. And even that rain yesterday was a little nice. Mm-hmm. Well, when did you get back? Uh, I got back around 1. Okay. So, yeah. It was... I think it rained in the morning, mostly. It rained a little bit in the afternoon. Yeah. So... It was definitely dreary when we landed. You want to dive right in? Diving in? Yeah, let's dive in. So, you were... Where were you? You want to tell the audience where you were? Yeah. So... For those who haven't been following along, uh, Tracy Cook and I went up to Minneapolis last weekend to do a powerlifting workshop, to host a, or to lead a powerlifting workshop. It was hosted by my buddy Ben Swartz, who owns a gym in the Standish neighborhood in South Minneapolis. And he's got a great crew. He's got a great community up there. So they do a lot of kettlebells, they do a lot of barbell stuff, and I mean obviously anything that kind of falls into the functional strength training bucket, they probably do. And we did, I mean the same kind of thing that we did in Charlotte. So we did like a six hour seminar, I think, and it was, I think, all outside. So. All of his racks, or at least the racks that we used, are on wheels. So That's we carted cool. some of the racks out into the parking lot. So he's got a... The, the gym itself is actually an old gas station. A corner gas station. That's baller. It's really cool. And it's kind of got like... Um, like the front windows are like slanted down and in. That's super cool. And the, the roof kind of has like these long points so it kind of has like a 50s design vibe to it so how often do you ever go into madison um do you know where madison is north of gallatin right yeah north yeah so but yeah madison the city the town city suburb oh yeah madison (laughs) is directly north of where i live right the reason I bring it up is there's it's not a gym, but it was at one point a like a used car lot. But before that, it was a McDonald's. Mm. But it reminds me very much the architectural style uh, that you're yeah. talking about. Sort of these like slanted glass windows, kind of pointy, very interesting architecture. Yeah. And if all of my clientele didn't live not anywhere close to <laughs> Madison, I would be inclined to see like what it would be very expensive. But um, anyway. So there's that. But also, when was the last time you went to uh, Riverside Grill Shack? Oh, it's probably been two and a half, three years. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll have to rectify that. But um, there's a gas station, not a gas station, an auto body shop on the opposite corner. Mm. And I think it just sold. I don't know to who or for what reason, but they've emptied it out. And also, it's like on the corner, across the street from that burger yeah, place, in the yeah. middle of that neighborhood. It'd be a really cool little gym spot. I mean, it's kind of in the middle of a neighborhood, so it's like way off the beaten path. Well, you know, it's funny. That's kind of how my buddy's gym is. It's in the middle of a neighborhood. 
That's cool, though. Yeah, and it's funny because there's there was really no hotel in a reasonable distance. So, I mean, obviously, we stayed at an Airbnb that was just a mile down the way. But, yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's catty-corner to, like, a um, coffee shop that he goes to, like, every day for breakfast, Duck Duck Coffee. There's a ice cream joint across the street. Um, there's a little deli, you know, like the next block over, and like that's it. And the rest of it is like all residential. Huh. Yeah. That's kind of neat, though. Yeah, and a lot of people walk to that gym. I was gonna say it's kind of neat because it's not because it's not in a commercial area. I think it would be a great way to serve the very very local community yeah. of people that like live in the neighborhood. That'd be sweet. I'd love to walk to my gym every day. So it's very unique, I think, in that respect, because yeah, he does have this um, focus on, like you know, practically like let's just say like a one and a half square mile <laughs> market from the from the gym. That's that's kind of you know that's kind of like where his where his focus is. But all that to say, um, yeah, he's got a lot of a lot of really strong folks in and around the community, and. When Tracy and I were thinking about, you know, really diving in and getting our feet wet with, um, like, specifically a powerlifting workshop, you know, to get in some practice. Obviously, we have our friend Jess, who owns that barbell club out in Charlotte, so we started there. The video from that workshop will be coming out soon, and then we hit up Ben uh, just, you know, two weeks after that. So just got back from that trip. So it was really fun. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how did he wheel his racks? I need to know this. Were they rogue racks? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do, does rogue make, like, wheel attachments? I think so. Shit, I might have to look into this. Make it a lot easier to move my racks around instead of picking them up and, like, with another person and moving them. Yeah. Huh. You know, I am not a super-duper gear head in almost any capacity, hmm. um, even when it comes to exercise equipment. But I'm pretty sure the racks that we were wheeling around were rogue. I could be wrong. but I just sure. I like what I like. So I'm, I'm the same. I can lift with anything. But the, the reason I ask is because I'm buying rogue for mm -hmm. my gym. Right. And I would like my racks to be able to roll around. That's cool. Yeah. Because it would make it easier to move them. Well, I'll double check and ask. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we were out in the parking lot, out in the sunshine. Well, that's cool. For how's the weather? Oh, dude, it was Gorgeous. great. It was great. I think it was. I think it was probably a high of seventy-five. So when we got started at like nine a.m., it was probably in the like sixties. It was definitely in the low to mid sixties. It was that's a little cool. bit. It was a little bit chilly. I almost complained about being a little bit cold. Did you really? <laughs> did you not bring a jacket? Oh no, I did. I wore a sweatshirt. Okay. But, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to be a little cold. Hmm. And the I'm, sun came out, and it was perfect. I'm ready for that kind of weather. We almost have it today. Yeah. Did Let's, you did you update us on the weather yet? You typically do. Did we talk about it? I think I said it was a nice day out. No. Oh, I said we survived summer. That's right. So my hope is, is I was looking at the forecast, and it's mid-80s all week. Mid-high 80s. Hmm. Any rain? I don't think so. 
Well, very cool. Somebody driving by in a golf cart is a big fan of the podcast. They are. They waved. It has nothing to do with our our neighbor walking down the sidewalk. It has right. everything to do with us. Right. So, just a lot of fitness going on over here. Yeah. Got some runners. People got around, some walking, uh, running. Got some arm, arm circles. Arm circles going on. She was doing arm circles and then she spit a giant loogie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, it's just, it's just kind of funny. Uh, all right, well, very cool. All right, so do you have any more events coming up outside from Liftapalooza in October? Liftapalooza is in about five weeks. I guess when this comes out, it'll probably be... Three weeks? Four or three weeks. Right, because this will come yeah. out. Because we're normally, like, at this point, I think we're two weeks ahead of schedule. Or, or a week in... We're, a, yeah. Well, it's tricky because we record on Monday... Post on Friday. Post on Fridays. But this one will come out till next Friday. Right. So, like, not 14 days, but, like, 12 days. 12 days, yeah. Which is why it's hard. I was going to update everybody on the gym space, but by the time this one publishes, it's probably going to be, be a little bit different. It'll be old news. It'll be old news. So, all I know about the gym space is that it's got paint on walls. That's a, that's a big the, step. In other words, the contractor should be finishing up his gig now-ish. And um, flooring, I need to call my guy and ask. Because mm-hmm. I want to say it's going to be mid-September, but I don't know for sure. So, not much to update. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. So, Liftapalooza is going to be probably... I mean, unless anybody out there wants to host a workshop and can kind of fill house... Um, Liftapalooza will cap off 2021, and we'll take we'll take the rest of the season, we'll take the rest of the year to map out potentially what 2022 is going to look like. You know, you to, know, are you gonna host in my gym? Would love to. I mean, it might be too small. I'm would not gonna love to. I'm not gonna be upset if you're like it's too small. I mean, we could do a little something for the local community. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm yeah, absolutely. Totally. I'm a great host. I don't think I'm going to have a lot to say workout-wise, but I can at least host. I don't know, man. I think we could <clears throat> I think we could come up with something like on the one hand, if you wanted me specifically to do like a training-based thing, maybe like for your members, like getting like real nerdy on like kettlebell stuff, that would be one thing. Or we could tag team something like for the local coaching community and you know talk about coaching stuff because i mean I, it's, you know what would be cool is like a coaching round table like once a month yeah we've tried doing this before and yeah. it really honestly it's probably never going to work out because coaches are hard to track down and they have weird schedules so and getting them to do anything like on a weekend day is going to be tricky but we could try yeah see what happens yeah, for sure. Do a little community outreach with some coaches. Coaches have feelings too, you know. We're not just robots. Speak for yourself. You are a robot. I'm not a robot. I train every day. Do you really? To become more and more robotic. Whoa, that's what cool. is that? A uh, very old, like Rolls Royce. Is that a Rolls Royce? I think it was an old Rolls Royce. Wow. Uh, like a 30s, 1930s, 1920s, 1930s Rolls Royce. Like a... Nice one. 
That was cool. That just that guy just cruised on by, not even not making a noise. He, right, which is weird because considering how old that car is. Yeah. You know what was weird earlier? I was on my walk, my third walk of the day, because I didn't I didn't lift, and by the time I was like kind of motivated to go to the gym, it was like twenty till gym five closed, and then we got a motorcycle, but. So gym five was open till two, and I just I missed my window to go, so that's why I went on three walks. But I heard the loudest Prius of all time today. <laughs> it drove right by me, and I was like, "Damn, dude! Sounds like you got like mud tires and like a V8 in that thing." Is Prius a hybrid? Yeah, it's the Toyota. So it's not totally electric. Right, but they're usually like dead quiet. Right, like you cannot. Unless, so I guess this one was just junk. But anyway, mm. so. On my third walk today. How long are your walks typically? Well, we took the dog for one for probably about 20 or 30 minutes. And then I took the dog for a second one for about 20 or 30 minutes. And then the third one was probably about 40 minutes. Okay. Ish. That's great. You know, that's been obviously one of the big things that I've missed this whole year is being able to take long walks Uh, around in the spring and summer. You just get a scooter, like a real scooter, not like your knee scooter. <laughs> I did take my knee scooter around the block a handful of times. Yeah. So you were talking, we were talking about this the other day. Are you deadlifting again? Because I'm deadlifting again. We could update everybody on our deadlifts. I'm a few weeks into squats and deadlifts again. Okay. Yeah. Neither of those are really worth. I don't any, any sort of update. The fact that you can do it though, because you're how it's many huge. months post op? So my surgery, plates and screws surgery, was uh, March 6th. Okay. So today's September 6th. Today is September So 6th. six months to is the it? day. It is. Oh, yeah. So six months to the day, and you're starting to squat and dead again. Six months? May, June, July, August. No, 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 March. September, yeah. March. To April. April, May. June, July, August. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. It's six months. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> March is also the third month, and September is the ninth month. Interesting. So, yeah, it's six. Wow. For some reason, I thought it was longer than that. So you and I are both deadlifting again. I had always been squatting. That was one thing I could do that you couldn't do with my arm. Right. I can't rack. I still haven't been able to rack a barbell barbell. I can safety squat, um, and that's been fine for me. And then I, I'm not sure I'm really comfortable with a barbell deadlift yet, but I am trap bar deadlifting a little bit. Dude, I saw that. That was... I went five sets of eight at 135, and it felt great. I broke a little sweat on my brow just watching you just do that. Just watching me. <laughs> I was like, okay. It, is, it, is, it, it, is, does he know what he's doing? Yeah. Um, Aaron and I, the day before, my physical therapist and I had explored it up to 125. And I felt good the next day, so I took it to 135. Now, that said, you were gone all weekend, so we did not yard work, which was actually probably much needed because I was pretty sore. Mm. Like, And when I say sore, like it's one thing to be like muscle sore from like working out or whatever. But with the, the bicep, it gets to be like, like playing with fire sore. What's, what's your limiter there? Like, do you feel... It gets achy. Do you feel the ache in the elbow? Yeah. In the or elbow, in the muscle? In the elbow and in the tendon. In the tendon. So not so much the muscle belly as it is the tendon that ripped out of the arm. Like, I'll feel the ache in that. that. So you feel that? Mm-hmm. 
It's you and it, feel an ache yeah, in a tendon. And it's very, uh, I'm very cautious about it because, of course, it fucking hurts. Well, well, you should be. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyway, what I'm planning to do is add roughly 10 pounds, maybe a little bit more per week, every week, through the end of the year, because we have about 16 weeks left in the year. So that's 160 pounds on top of my 135. That's 295, which is not anywhere close to what I'm capable of doing. But I mean, that's pretty appreciable considering. So if I can yeah. get to, if I can break 300 by the end of the year, then I'll probably I'll be back, air quotes, to where I want to be for my fitness. Okay. So I think the next time I see her, I'm going to try to talk to her about doing front squats. Mm-hmm. or barbell back squats because I do I just like them better than safety I love the mm-hmm. safety bar don't get me wrong it's a great tool but after a while I want a bar on my back sure so uh, we'll talk about that and then we'll talk about barbell benching which I haven't done yet mm. so anyway cool close getting close yeah my big thing is um, you know I'm I'm becoming a lot more functional just in the sense of like being able to like walk and right. do stairs and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's still a considerable mobility restriction. And so I'm used to just being able to squat ATG with no problem, nice and smooth. So I've been doing a lot more front squat because I think I'm able to stay a little bit more upright and I have less ankle dorsiflexion requirements. So. Been doing a little bit of front, a little bit of back squat, but mostly front squat. Hmm. Yeah. Do you take it typically? You have a narrow back squat stance, don't you? Uh, uh, and by narrow, I mean by like powerlifting standards, it's pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. I think so. Have you tried towing out a lot, or not towing out, but like getting out wide? You know, a little bit, a little bit. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit set in my ways. I mean, it's the way you've trained. That's yeah. the whole thing about training. Is you... and and you're right. You're right. I probably should play around with that a little bit more. But yeah, it's funny when I very first started powerlifting, I had a huge, wide, big like toes out stance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The pitchers from my first competition. Yeah. You would you would think. Well, don't. It, you would think I was like a sumo wrestler. Is it because you don't have to? The range of motion is is arguably shorter. Is that why? I've I never, just I just think I was just trying to look the part. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you did. I mean, yeah, and also just you know, bear in mind that I didn't have like a proper powerlifting coach myself, mm. like in the early days. That's fair. And I was operating on very limited, like, information, if you will. That's fair. But I'm also very lucky that I have mobile hips, mobile ankles, so I can get away with almost any type of squat. Um, but all that to say, all that to say, I'm also not really in a powerlifting or strength-informed program right now. I'm kind of doing kind of more traditional... Uh, hypertrophy bodybuilding type type programming right now so I am squatting and deadlifting but like most of my hamstring work is actually coming from like leg curl machine mm. I would say and 
I'm still squatting, but I'm doing a lot of Bulgarian split squat. I'm doing a lot of leg extension. I'm doing a lot of 45 degree extension. Um, so, so there's all that at play. So I'm not exactly, the only strength and performance oriented goal that I'm like actually concerned with right now and I'm actually trying to overload over the course of the year is my dumbbell bench. Hmm. Yeah, I, you talked about this. You wanted to press the 100s? I'm trying to press the 100s. I have done it in my life before, like probably in college, but not in a long time. I did high incline dumbbell bench this morning, hmm. 70s. High incline? 70s? Okay. 8, 10, 12. Nice. So, 12 is pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of just doing a real simple, like, bro periodization where once I can get three sets of 12 solid, then I'll bump up to the 75s. And then, like, when I'm flat, I do, I do train flat, um, or I should say with a, it, it kind of depends because I'm not really following this particular program like to the T. So I'll do like, again, like you know how it is at Gym 5. There's like the benches in the main room mm. and then the benches in that secondary room. Mm. There's one bench in that main room that has like a low incline setting that I'll huh. often use. But the bench, at least oftentimes, the bench that's in that secondary room is either flat or it has like a basically 45 degree. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the one thing I don't like about the Rogue benches is they have, like, three settings. They mm. have, like, a flat 45 and, like, high incline. No, they might have more than flat. Incline, high incline, vertical. Mm-hmm. So it's four. Whatever. I don't know if you would consider 45 degrees high incline. I just call it I incline. Just and incline. I would call, like, 60 plus to be high incline. Yeah. So I guess it was... I guess what I was doing today was 45 degrees. But going back to, like, in terms of programming, you're probably doing the exact same thing that I'm doing, but my upper body stuff. I'm doing more machine-based, plate-loaded machine-based stuff because I can load independently per arm. Right. So the other day I was kind of running, the like, crunching the numbers. I'm about 40 to 60%, depending on the tool and what I'm doing, about 40 to 60% the strength, my right arm to my left arm. Mm. So if my left arm can pull, push, pull, whatever, my right arm can do somewhere between 40 and 60% of that. But back to your point, and, and this is kind of, you know, I think if you really get in the weeds with programming, you can do a lot of, like, cool stuff like drop sets, rest pauses, you know, all sorts of shit. But at the end of the day, we're just doing progressive overload in some way. And so I like that you brought up that you push the 70s, 8, 10, 12. Mm-hmm. Once you get three sets of 12, you'll go to 75s. Mm-hmm. It's quite literally like the magic sauce of most training for most people most of the time. Mm-hmm. Be able to do a certain amount of weight, a certain amount of reps, and then once it's easy, add plates or add reps or both. Yep. For infinity. And I say infinity. I mean, you will run into like a roadblock on occasion, and then you can throw in some of these things here and there. But for the most part... 90% of your training should be try to add plates or add reps or both. Regardless yeah. of tool, weight, rep range, doesn't matter. Do that. Yeah. And I think that's also why it's important to have like a performance goal that's 
obviously going to take you some amount of time to work on. Let's say anywhere between like three to twelve months. Sure. But then, like your goal, once you hit that, probably shouldn't be like more of the same. Like like once I hit like once I hit those hundreds on dumbbell bench, I am not going to be concerned with my dumbbell bench potentially anymore for like a long time. So I think the tricky thing that a lot of people run into is like like they set like a big goal, they work hard and like hit it and then they're like, "Well, I just want to do more of that." And you can you can bottleneck yourself doing that. Right. I struggle with this yeah. personally because and it might depend on the lift, it might depend on the person, but I know like if you look at my frame and my size, I have no business benching i probably don't have any business benching the hundreds in the first place but like once i get there i'll kind of like check that off the list Hmm. you know what i mean i do i also struggle with this so i can tell you about a pr i finally weighed in the other day i hadn't weighed in since i've Mm. I've been eating more trying to get bigger and this is very tricky because i am getting bigger but i'm also not i'm getting demonstrably stronger in a lot of lifts but <clears throat> upper body wise this is a very slow go because the right arm is still lagging by a lot so it's not like i'm throwing weights like a maniac right now and also getting bigger i'm getting bigger and throwing weights better but with limitations all that is to say it's difficult for me to let go certain goals once i've reached them mm. like what you're saying like once you've reached the 100s you don't really care if you ever stay there Right. I have difficulty with that personally because, like, if I've if I've reached a certain threshold with my squat, I want that to be the new normal. I want that to be the playing field, mm-hmm. and then everything above and beyond that is the next achievable goal. I'm starting to learn that in my age, my time frame, my expectations for this time frame, needs to be much bigger than what I when I was in my 20s so like in your 20s and maybe like like late 20s early 30s maybe even in through your early 30s you can cover a lot of ground in terms of putting on mass and strength but like once you I think once you hit your mid 30s like you have to start expecting that time frame to achieve those goals to be a lot longer than you want them to be of course so that's why I'm taking let's see September September, October, November, December, to try to get my arm back mostly, but also like pack on. I'm big right now, 195 pounds. I've never break, broken 190 in my life. 195 pounds. So. Wait. As of uh, Saturday? Really? 195. I would not have guessed that. I don't think I look it, right? You would not look at me and be like, that guy weighs 200 pounds. No. That's why it's bad because I'm not as big as I want to be. No, but I'm trying, you know, we, and we talked about this before. The last thing I wanted to do was starve myself down and be lean and then weak because I can't train. Yeah. So I'm trying to feed it. So I, I am bigger. I'm not going to fit into any of my pants this fall. We'll have to figure that out later. But um, I have a hard time, like, once I've reached a certain threshold or a certain goal, like, letting go of it. Mm-hmm. So luckily my deadlift is gone. Like, for now it's gone. But my squat, for the most part, has been maintained. So I'm trying to get beefy through December. Come January, hit like a maintenance phase, start tweaking my um, nutrition. 
and then between January and May, start like a slow cruise down to try to get, if I break 200, I'd like to get to about, assuming I've put on some size, somewhere between 175 and 180, and be mm-hmm. lean. It might be less than that, it might be closer to 170, but. Sure. That's 30 pounds. Yeah. That's, so, that's a lot. Imagine holding a 25 pound plate. But here's the thing, you know, I've plus done. Five. The, you're right. So, for all the math whizzes out there. <laughs> so anyway, the, that's the goal is to get through December, try to pack it on, get through healing the arm, try to be 100%. And then it's easy for me to turn it on and like go hard in a, like a leaning phase. It's easier for me to do that than it is to get big. Mm. So the, what I'm, all that is to say, the long version of this, is when I get to January, February, March, April – trying to keep some level of strength and mass on while I die down. Yeah. And being able to let go right. of my top level strength numbers because I'm going to have to. I'm not feeding it anymore. Yeah. So that that ebb and flow of strength I have difficulty with. Cuz I don't like to lose all that work I gain, you know? Well, yeah. I think that's I think that's normal and natural, you know, for most people. I think Specifically in my case, and... Do you want another beer? She's um, asking. Oh, she can come out. Come on out. Come on out. Never be afraid to interrupt the show. Yeah. It's one of the favorite parts about the show, actually. People make more comments on us ordering drinks. They do. Than anything that we actually plan on talking about. They do, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like... (laughs) Um, I'll do another if you're going to do another. Yeah, I'll have one more. Come on. I'll have one more. And the, the meat pie was very good. It smelled great. I'll have to come back for one. Yeah. Um, I'll do, if you still have the oatmeal stout, I will stay. Yeah. IPA, please. Nice. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. I don't think you've done the IPA before. You are correct. I usually don't drink IPAs, but good, yours, is, yours is pretty good. It's, Feeling... not, it's not hazy. It's definitely not hazy. It's not hazy. Actually, can I try it then? Very traditional. I'll do the I'll do the IPA as well. An OG, it's original. It's very good. Okay. It, it goes down smooth. All right, I'll do that. Thank you. Um. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Losing strength. <laughs> Gaining it, losing it, yeah. letting it go. Yeah. My thought process is kind of like, um. I will be. I, I guess like. I'm kind of mentally thinking that like once I hit like a year post accident, then I will really recommit to like the squat, the deadlift. That's fair. You know? Yeah. So like I really don't want to push it at all for the foreseeable future. So my idea is like maybe towards the end of this year, maybe beginning of next year, I'll hit those hundreds and then I'll be mentally like, okay, let's, let's get strong again in the lower body you know i would never advise anybody to get hurt and then and then (laughs) re-explore movement but but a way that you could do this like if you are feeling burnt out now where you are and where i'm at now is like we're we're recovering from injury which means we get to recover ground quickly it almost makes training more fun again all of a sudden like suddenly training is fun because it's almost like newbie gains all over again yeah. And you're like, fucking right. 
adding 10 pounds to my deadlift every week, like clockwork for 16 straight weeks. That never happens right. in any other lift, ever. No one's ever like, oh, shit, I just added 200 pounds to my deadlift and just because I showed up and did the thing. Some people do. All I had to do was take all these steroids. Right. So, point is... I wouldn't, but if I would say if you are burnt out on training, then probably finding an activity where you're not good, and maybe putting train. I'm not saying quit training. Don't just stop, but like maybe put training on back burner a little bit, and re-explore like a new activity where you're not good at it. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the front and center for whatever. Thank you. Thank you. That looks Cheers. amazing. Um, like for example, like golf. Every time my wife, wa- wife wants to start golfing, I get hurt. Broke a finger, blew out my arm, and then tore my bicep. Jeez. But golf is something that I'm not good at. So it would be one of those things where I could put training like on cruise control and explore a different physical activity that I'm not good at and make that my sort of like new frontier or whatever. Cheers, Cheers. dude. It's episode 35. Oh, shit, that is today. If my math is right. I think you're right. Yes, you're correct. Time flies, man. Well, and you've been doing jujitsu. I was going to bring that up. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's another good example. I mean, my my jujitsu is on a maintenance back burner. Fair right enough. Um, so again, I, you know, again, that's maybe another thing is like maybe down the road it will be on the front burner, and maybe I'll join you. Maybe I do want to that'll, try that'll it actually, fun. but my, you know, I can't be put on an arm bar right now. Right. Well, I've I've been practicing like tapping very liberally. Liberally, yes, yes, early and often. I was thinking about that last night. I don't know why I was thinking about jujitsu, and I was like, I'll just tap out early. Yeah, I mean, especially like when you're rolling with somebody who you know is better than you, and you know it's like, okay, there's no way I'm getting out of this. You just tap. Huh. Just tap out. I had a crazy hard class last week. Like, What makes it hard? um, Well, the, the cardio aspect of it is literally just... I mean, it's mentally challenging, just like, okay, learning the sequences, right? But the real tough part comes at the end of class where you're live sparring. Oh, I used to wrestle. I get it, yeah. Right. So we we did an extra thing where we did a couple rounds of situational rolling, which is like you're just going to work in this position. And if one of the partners gets out of that position, you just start over. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not full submission. You know? Sure. It's just like, oh, you get out, you start over. Because obviously, like the goal is to like maintain your frames, maintain your positions, all that good stuff. So we did that for a couple rounds, and that's pretty tiring. Hmm. And then we went into full full rolls. Huh. So usually you only have to usually you only roll your spar at the end of the class for maybe three rounds of two to four minutes each. Hmm. But this one was like two or three rounds of two minutes of situationals, then 
a full session of, of rolling. Hmm. So you're just, you're exhausted. Like, <laughs> you just, you just survive to the end, and then it's like, okay, one more round. And you're like, how in the world am I going to defend myself when I can barely catch my breath? Hmm. Now, if I went to jujitsu more often, that would probably be a lot better. Um, because there once was a time where I really noticed, oh, I can handle myself a lot easier in rolling. And that's that was back in, like, 2019, before the pandemic and all that stuff. Oh. That's when I was really on a roll. That was kind of like when jujitsu was, like, on the front burner. Well, and that's specificity, too. Yeah. So I'm still more or less happy with my performance and my work capacity, considering that I've been out of practice for so long, and I'm still kind of only getting back into it in fits and spurts. Hmm. I figured I'm going to be the same when I go back across the, which probably won't be this calendar year. It just seems too risky. Yeah. Now, the advantage of coming back, let's say, in January, when I get into this fat loss phase, is I can maintain my strength training, like slow strength training, try to add CrossFit once or twice a week, do yard work with you on Saturday, and then what I want to do is go do a long hike at Percy. Mm. So do something seven days a week, but basically slow lifting, four days a week, CrossFit once or twice, uh, what we do, uh, yard work Saturday, long-ass walk on Sunday. I think that checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, definitely. I, and, and I'll admit, in terms of like front burner, back burner, whatever, I like being able to go fucking hard. Oh, yeah. Like, be able to move some weight and move quickly. Yeah. I, I like that physical aspect of my, and be lean. I just like living there. That's probably, like, where I feel the strongest, look my best. Everything else is kind of in check. So, <clears throat> that'll be the goal for next summer, start, oh, yeah. starting in January, is to try to get back to, like, a capacity, to, like, strength, capacity, all the things. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. It's going to get through healing this damn bicep. Yeah, man. But, yeah, that's, you know, getting back to the whole walking thing and missing walking. That's that's been a huge detriment to my cardio, my endurance, my work capacity. Is literally not really being able to exceed like three thousand steps a day before my foot swells up. Oh yeah, that sucks. So I'm getting back into it. I actually did a lot of walking over the weekend, which is still a little touchy. Hmm. Um. And you're not doing PT anymore, so basically you're on your own, right? Yeah, so actually, in three days, I go in for my last checkup. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I go in for my last checkup for my arm in October, like early October. Mm. Yeah. Buddy, so, so we're we almost are. there. Here we are. <laughs> never never thought we would get to this we're point. We're almost there. Let's see. We must have been like episode like 10 in by the time you broke your leg. I don't even know if we were that far. I don't even think Ten? so. Six, maybe. I don't know. We were about six weeks into cast. Yeah. It feels like forever ago. In a lot of ways, it really does. It feels like it's been the longest and shortest year of all time. <laughs> it's not over yet, man. I know. It's not over yet. four more months. 
Yeah. But, hmm. Yeah, so I'll, I, that's one of the simple things. You know, it's just, just being able to take long walks again or hiking at, you know, Percy Warner. Hmm. I love it out there. I didn't, yeah. I was going to go and then I didn't and I kind of figured it would be busy and that's part of the reason I didn't go. I was going a lot during the week last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite like there'd be moments, not the whole time, but moments where it was just pure silence. There's nobody out there. I couldn't hear traffic, couldn't hear planes, couldn't hear yeah. people. I love it. I, and I would leave my phone in the car. And if I'm hoofing it, I can do the red trail, which is four and a half miles. I can do it 90 minutes from mm-hmm. moving. And so it was a great little add on to my weekly routine. Yeah. So. And it's in nature. And I love being out in nature. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you were you were kind of speaking to the power of creative constraints, and how injury is a like mandatory constraint. Right. So like the silver, one of the silver linings of injury is you have to put your focus elsewhere. You know, especially if you have like a major limb injury and that should be something that you know in some kind of way you manufacture yourself ideally when you're perfectly healthy and things are all going great it's like as much as we would love to be able to say that we could fire on all cylinders all the time in all the things which you know with certain assistance whether that's natural testosterone when you're 17 years old or whether that's something synthetic when you're a little bit older that's maybe one conversation but if you're just a normal joe or jane then just accept that reality and and create your own constraints for yourself like what's one thing that i can that will that will keep me motivated for six to nine months and leave everything else on maintenance mode and be okay with then putting that goal that you achieved on maintenance mode to then go for the next thing. Mm. That's one way of looking at it. You could also you could also just be somebody who's just single-minded and you just go you just gun for the same thing over and over and over again. Like I think about like my buddy Tom who does like Spartan races. Mm. Yes, obviously I write his programming and we cycle in different, you know, focuses on, on his training programs. But, you know, all that being said, he's still trail running, Spartan racing all the time. And there's a lot of people who are into those, you know, endurance events, ultra endurance events, and that's just what they're doing all the time. Even those people have some degree of periodization, usually in their so year. Do you usually conjugate with him? Uh, it kind of depends. Uh, when you when you drop the big C word, conjugate. Yeah. You you start opening the Pandora's or box of, of is it conjugate or Louis, concurrent? Louis Simmons. It, and I'm are, not. Are conjugate and concurrent roughly the same thing? I th- I think so. I think so, but we'll call it concurrent because I think conjugate is the West Side barbell stuff, but. Um, right. Concurrent training, for the audience who doesn't know, concurrent training would be training pure unadulterated strength, hypertrophy, power, endurance, work capacity in some form every single workout, right? Or, or week. 
Or a week. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, definitely not. It's that on a monthly basis, not a sure. weekly or daily basis. Yeah. Well, and the point is obvious. Like, if you Concurrent training would kind of be like the holy grail if I could do all the... If I could do and be and have all the qualities. Where concurrent training is difficult is the dose. Like, it really is trying to find minimal effective dose in, in a bunch of different arenas. And sometimes it's just not practical for most people. Yeah. I would say that most of the stuff that I typically program for my clients ends up being roughly concurrent. Mm-hmm. But I don't really take any of my people below five anymore. Shit, right. I don't even know if I take them below eight anymore. So technically it's all like hypertrophy-based. But I try to check a lot. I as any coach probably would, check as many boxes as I can possibly check in the given time constraints of the client that I'm working with. So if I only see him twice a week, what are the 10 things that I need to do or like to do in those two sessions to like really drive home some strength and muscle gain and fat loss, calorie, like depending on their goals, how do I manage all those things in two hours a week? Mm Mm-hmm. And so concurrent just happens to be kind of a, and I say concurrent, like it's a very basic framework for general population. So it's not like what you might find in the weight room at like a, like college or something. But right. Anyway. Right. Um, well, and two, to go back to like, for lack of a better word, like throttling fitness. I have a client who's trying to hike Mount Rainier in two weeks now mm-hmm. by the time this is published he's like on his way out to go hike Mount Rainier right on um, he's been dealing he's been in a fat loss so he hasn't been eating as much he's been in a fat loss phase and he's done very well he's got a, like a kind of cranky shoulder he's got a kind of cranky elbow kind of cranky knee and I just had to have a talk with him the other day I was like look we're in a f- we're in a taper phase for lack of a better word we're not trying to set PRs right now because the last thing that, A, we're not going to cover so much strength ground in three weeks to, like, make you awesome at Mount Rainier. It's just not going to happen. Like, we have three – I've known about this trip for a long time, but over the last three or four weeks, this conversation has become more real every time I see him. We are not going to cover a lot of ground between now and when you leave, strength-wise. So we don't need – I don't need to kill you. I don't need to murder you in the gym to try and gain something that we're not going to gain. So there's that. Also, the harder we try to like meet your fat loss goal or whatever, the greater the risk of like tweaking a knee or tweaking an elbow or tweaking right. a shoulder when you're trying to go hike Mount Rainier. The last thing that we want to do is sideline you right before Mount Rainier. So we're still lifting in the gym. We're still pushing some weights, but we're not trying to set PRs. We are not trying to get creative, get wild, get weird. We are... Cruise control, steady. Show up, hit the weights, do some stuff within limits of like what you're capable of. Just the main, like we're in a maintenance mode. And then when you get back from Mount Rainier, then yeah, we'll step on the gas again. But right now we're not doing that. I think a lot of, not a lot of people, I'm, I've been like this, but sometimes you kind of get ahead of yourself with your fitness routine. Oh yeah. And you lose focus of like what's really important. Mm-hmm. And so for him, like hiking Mount Rainier is very important. And I, I, every time I see him, I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, dude, we are not getting crazy today. We're going to pick some stuff up off the ground. We're going to press some stuff. But 
no PRs. Don't get wild. Don't be weird. So, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. It's important. A lot of people lose sight of that. Even a lot of people doing, you know, engaging in strength-oriented, like, strength-oriented performance goals. It's like people want to jump the gun. Mm-hmm. You see this, like, in powerlifting all the time, like maxing out every day or, you know, let's just say all the time. Like, not for nothing, like, if you're a powerlifter, you max out in front of the judges. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> You don't you don't max out in the gym because the gym doesn't count. Right. You know, like a professional athlete isn't you know, isn't going so hard. I like, I don't even know if I can think of a of a proper example in like popular athletics, but it's like you you save yourself you, you just have to put training in its proper context. Well, to put it in, to go back to your example, <clears throat> at least in uh, middle school, m- maybe not high school, but in middle school football, in collegiate and professional football, you have one contact practice a week. Mm, right. Most people probably don't know that. But yeah, you're not going to, like, if you, if your job is a, as a professional athlete is playing football on Sunday. You're not smashing your teammates like you do on the football field during the week. It's right. Too like why would you do that? It's too risky. It's too much going on. Whatever. So yeah, you just don't do that. You have the one contact practice and then everything else. Right. So it's kind of like with training or maxing out or whatever. You're not going to do that shit. Yeah. During the week, right before a performance. Well, I was always too soft for football, so I don't. You never played team sports. So, talk about so this. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, the closest I got to real contact sport was getting hit with a baseball. Really? Yeah. Oh, I got hit all the time with a baseball. Oh, I played well, baseball. I, well, I mean, I guess I should say wrestling, <clears throat> but yeah. That's that's all contact. Um, but yeah, it's it's putting training in its in its proper place. Yeah. Like there's a difference between training and. I should say there's a difference between strength training or or training strength and expressing your strength. Right. You know, to its to its maximal or to its fullest potential, so to speak. So yeah, that was that was one of the things that we talked a lot about in the powerlifting seminar to bring it all the way back is how can you train? What are the techniques and the things you should keep in mind? in the gym so that you you can get the most out of your training that takes the least out of you Hmm. so that you have enough juice and you have enough you know recovery and reserve to fully express your personal record on the powerlifting platform Hmm. right so that's yeah that's 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 a big part of it because everybody wants to be in an Instagram celebrity and show out for your friends and that's where a lot of ego comes in you know um, and you know it's also interesting it's kind of weird when you start getting you know again not to throw CrossFit under the bus I think in the proper context CrossFit-esque training can be valuable for a lot of people 
but that is one of the downsides is it's like at least the old school way of going about it is like every day is a competition yeah as someone who like used to do CrossFit yeah it is like that yeah there I would say in this instance it's about many managing expectations right so like for example my CrossFit gym was much better much better different um, in that there were days where you had like an A and a B group and A group literally worked on one lift you had 15 or 20 minutes to squat or to deadlift and they didn't say rest three minutes or rest 90 seconds or rest 30 whatever they're like you're going to work up to 80 85 and then 90 percent for an amrap but you get 18 or 20 minutes to do it mm-hmm. so like add plates rest as needed whereas the b group is doing all the accessory work first so they're moving a little bit mm. and then they'd switch so i thought my crossfit group did a lot better job of training certain qualities but also maintaining that sort of intensity that people want. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you get to the AMRAPs and EMOMs and all that shit, like, you still had that in, in the program, but you were training other qualities outside of that. Yeah. Um, on the whole, unless you're eating, like, an animal, uh, I think CrossFit's great for, like, gen- general fitness. Um... Unless you've uh, competed in Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting, I don't think CrossFit's ever going to make you a phenomenal specimen of a human being. For the obvious reason, for specificity, right? It's not training powerlifting. It's not training Olympic. It does, you use those lifts, but you're not using them to a really high degree. And it's more about the tempo and the pace and the repetition and all that. And so, yeah, I mean, you're a well-conditioned overall, like, generalist. And for that, and that for a lot of people, that's fine. That's all they ever want to be. But you're never going to be competing at a high level for powerlifting. You're never going to be competing at a high level for Olympic lifting because they don't program in a way that allows you to um, hone those skill sets. They just don't. And because the EMOMs and the WADs and, like, all that high-intensity whatever, unless you're eating like a maniac, you just don't have the energy to do it. Right. So, right. again, it, it, in terms of, like, being, like, generally fit, overall fit, it's great. And a lot of people love it. I'm not going to dog it. But you're never going to be a specimen of a human being in terms of performance on the bar with CrossFit unless you're just genetically gifted. Right. And that's, I'm not complaining. I'm just managing expectations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well, all this comes down to just, yeah, respecting the nature of the human body and minds. We can only go in one direction. We can only expand and improve in any one given area for so long. And we only have so much... We only have so many coins in our pocket to deposit at once so right strong lean big fast etc etc it's like well we have like the 10 or 12 big athletic qualities yeah you kind of have to pick your poison at a certain point in time right 
Well, and this kind of comes back to like where you and I are in terms of our own training. I'm getting thick right now and trying to gain as much muscle mass as I can in an opportune time. Like I'm not fast. My cardiovascular capacity is probably dog shit relative to what it was once was. I'm not as lean as I once was, but I'm trying to keep in mind the goal, which is put on as much mass as I'm capable of in the next four months or five months or whatever. And yeah, there are going to be days where I'm like probably tying my shoes and breathing heavy. And I'm going to be like, ugh. But keep the goal to goal. Try to get big, even though I'm going to be a little fat. And then I can change goals and then like lean out and try to maintain. But if you try to chase multiple goals at the same time, you'll probably achieve none of them. Right. So chase two rabbits. Go home hungry. I've never heard that version of it. You know, my I don't know why I've been thinking about this. Like, uh, is it a uh, who said uh, best block no be there? Is that Mr. Miyagi? I think so. I, yeah, I think that's right. Best block no be there. I don't know why I've been thinking about that this whole podcast. I think that's a good quote to end up on. Where are we at? Wrap up on. Oh, shit. We are so good at this. <laughs> I'll save some Andy seeds for next time. The the chicken tinga tacos I'll tell you about later. Please do. Please yeah, do. They'll be on. Yeah. We were we were on a roll. We had a couple good ones in there. Yeah. I really liked that. Um, oh, what was that? Chicken thighs and peaches. Oh, I, was, I had forgotten about that, that one. That was a recently. great one. Yeah. I made that a bunch. Um, yeah, I did. The, so I, I won't talk about my paella because I was actually a little disappointed at it this weekend. Well, come up with something that is good and Easy. that you can share a recipe. Okay. So that I don't know if anybody else out there is going to follow it, but I will follow it. I'll send you the gumbo recipe. It's super easy. Please do. And you don't need, do you have a pressure cooker? I do not have a pressure cooker. Do, well, so my pressure cooker failed and I was able to salvage this meal. It was actually very good. Really good, actually, considering that I was really mad that my pressure cooker failed. But yeah, um, I'll send you the recipe. It's chicken sausage gumbo. Easy. Make some a side of rice. And well, and part of the reason to, we'll finish up on this. Part of the reason that I, I wanted to do more pressure cooker and crock pot meals is because I've gotten tired of my meal prep. Like really, like really tired. Yeah, yeah. I like my breakfast casserole. My lunches, though, I've just been like, ugh. So I wanted to get more into um, meal prep with the Instapot and the Crock-Pot, mm-hmm. just to like change it up a little bit. And so that's why I was exploring the gumbo um, this past weekend or whatever. And so the gumbo was great. The, the paella was fine. I've, I've done paella a few times before, and I um, of all the dishes I've ever made, paella is the one that slips through my fingers every time hmm. it's not bad every time i've made it it's it's good but it's just not i don't know what it is about pie everything else slays and i love to cook and i'm pretty good at it now but the paella slips through my fingers a little bit every single time except for there was, the first one i ever did was the best one hmm. and i can't find that recipe but really yeah i was actually i was like i was diving deep into google trying to find it but anyway, 
I'll see what I can come up with. But paella, have you ever had paella? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't made it. The main ingredient to make paella different than gumbo, basically, is saffron, which is mm. a very expensive spice. It's like mm. um, saffron thread that you can get a container of saffron threads. Um, they are, it's like $20, the container. Really? It's like $20. It's because they handpick them with like tweezers. Uh, comes from a flower, and it's sure. like the little things that stick out of the middle of the flower. They handpick those. Wow. Saffron threads are what make paella paella. And I think a few other things, but anyway, yeah. Duly noted. Yeah, so cool. you have to get saffron. Well, yeah, so if you need another excuse to tune in for our next episode... Do it for Andy's... Or just follow me on Instagram. Andy's Eats. I did put my paella on Instagram. I didn't put my gumbo. I'll put my chicken tinga tacos on Instagram later. You'll see them. Perfect. I'm actually pretty pumped about them. They smell great. I bet. All right. Well, here's uh, probably one of my last plugs for Liftapalooza. Since it's coming up in about five weeks here. Uh, we've got... October 16th and 17th, locked down at Pro Vita Nashville in the beautiful Germantown neighborhood just outside of downtown Nashville. It's going to be two days of deep dive intensive strength training work with myself and four of my special hand-chosen, hand-picked guest instructors. You didn't tell me I was hosting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that list of hand chosen. Andy, <laughs> you and you and I, you and I are gonna have our own. We're gonna have our own special workshop coming up. We should have our own special workshop. We should just have like a Saturday. We should really invite a lot more people out to like. Well, yard work on Saturdays is adding more people to that just gets to be a bitch. But anyway, yeah. All right, so hand picked yeah. coaches. There's four. Four plus you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's five of you. Yep. Deep dive. Deep dive. So, yeah, if you're into kettlebell stuff, if you're into powerlifting or bodyweight training, mobility, I'm going to be doing a whole uh, workshop on pec stick training. Okay. Yeah. So, this is all in the interest of networking, having fun, Moving your body in potentially new and novel ways. I'm all about that, having fun. Yeah. Going deep with the training tools that we have at our disposal, whether that's a full gym worth or whether it's just your own body in a pull-up bar or the floor. So that's the goal is I really want to bring kind of the level of experience and the level of, like, deep dive comprehensive learning that oftentimes you can only get at a certification weekend and I want to bring that to the public at a fraction of a cost and without all the rigmarole of the seriousness and the red tape that comes with the certification process very cool sounds like almost a user course Think about it as like a as like the ultimate user course. I love I see those are the best ones though. They really are. Yeah. The ones where you like sit and like listen to people talk about stuff and then you're like okay, but and you don't get to try doing it. 
Blech. Yeah. For the user course, that's where it's at. Yeah. Think of it as the ultimate strength training user course. So that's Liftapalooza going down in Nashville, October 16th and 17th. Get your tickets at ZachHenderson.com. That's Z-A-C-K Henderson.com. Not with an H. Do <laughs> not make that mistake. You will regret it. I still haven't corrected it in my phone. You will and regret I it. <laughs> I know that it's wrong, and every time I do it, I'm like, I actually type it right. I go Z A C K, and then my phone, like, because I don't have any other Zacks in my phone, it's like, who are you talking about? <laughs> I don't have a Zach in here. <laughs> I have to back it up. Be better than Andy. <laughs> Get it right the first time. A to Z, no BS. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.